0: I knew she was hoarding it. I knew it. Always yeah. lying, saying she's out. Bald-faced liar.
1: Mike, I found the chocolate bunny.
0: Hey there, enthusiasts! Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have returning champion Nick, and making her Hero Talk debut, sixty. Welcome back to Hero Talk, Nick. Welcome to Hero Talk 60. Hey.
1: Hello.
0: All right. Today's topic is the TV series, the Netflix original, uh, what would you call it, science fiction horror? Sure. I don't know. Something like that. I I usually make these (laughs) up on the spot anyway. Uh, (laughs) Science fiction horror series, Stranger Things, uh, starring a bunch of people we're going to talk about real soon. I guess Wynoda Ryder was the big name. Can we say starring Winota Ryder? Is that okay? Sure. That works. All right. I don't. I don't know why I asked your permission. I could do what I want. Yeah, yeah. I, Millie Bobby yeah, I Brown is somebody.
2: I don't know any of their names except for one writer.
0: Yeah, I only know so. Millie Bobby Brown mostly because her middle name and last name are Bobby Brown. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it just implanted it in my head. So anyway, we're talking Stranger Things. As always, listeners, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. Nothing is off the table. Everything is fair game. You've been warned. All right. So strange. This ah. Uh, Every now and then, a show like this comes along, and everybody loves it. And I hear nothing but great things about it. And people are all like, oh, you should totally do a hero talk on this one. We'd really love it. I'd love to talk about it. And so I'm like, fine, I'll watch it. Oh, we do a hero talk on it, whatever. It's always at the top of my suggested on Netflix anyway. And I watched the first episode, and it was just a trudge. It was hard to get through the, the episode. I stopped it a couple times to see how much longer I had. And by the no. end of the first episode, I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be hard. And I would say for the first four episodes, it was forcing myself to watch a new episode. I was I was really having to psych myself up for it. And then maybe around episode five, I didn't mind the next one. And then it wasn't until episode six that I would finish the, the episode and want to see the next one. So, I mean, so I guess it's it ended strong, which is good for the show because it at least left me... Wanting in the weakest sense of the word more, but at the same time, so I have a show where seventy-five percent of it I had to make myself watch it. So I I'm really lukewarm on this. Um, I mean it's it's not like Labyrinth bad, but it's not Daredevil good. So that's that's kind of what I think about it. So Nick, what what was your thoughts?
3: Um, I I apparently enjoyed it a lot more than you did. Uh, yeah, most some of everybody
0: it... enjoyed it more than <laughs> I did. I admit that.
3: Um, I just, for one thing, I enjoyed, you know, the, th- the whole thing just drips the 1980s in, in the best way possible, for me at least. Uh, yeah, I, the... I would say in the
0: worst way possible, which I think is part of the reason, I think honestly part of the reason why I didn't like it so much is because I felt like it was a little too 80s. And I'm, mm. I remember thinking back like, you know, the 80s weren't super great and being in elementary school in the 80s also wasn't super great and that's a lot of i guess they were in middle school but they felt younger
3: mm. yeah they were like 10 12 somewhere in there
0: yeah wikipedia says 12 and as you know on hero talk wikipedia is
3: gospel <laughs> yeah there was uh, I mean uh, there there was a bunch of overt things and a and a, and a bunch of subtle things uh, I mean, the, the one thing that really strikes me about it is that a lot of people compare this to, say, E.T. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I don't, from my perspective, I don't see it so much directly as E.T. so much as the entire, like, magic friend story. There there were a lot of those back in the day. Uh, was it stuff like uh, Mac and Me, mm-hmm. Flight of the Navigator, mm-hmm. um Batteries not included to some extent. Yeah. Um, garbage Pail Kids. I mean, I mean that was an example. It wasn't a wow. good thing,
0: but it was an example. Wow. Wow. Did you pull something stretching for that reference? No, <laughs> I didn't. Wow. We dropped a Garbage Pail Kids reference on a Hero Talk. That's a first.
3: But, the, I mean, there were TV shows like this, too, like right. uh, uh, Denver the Last Dinosaur. You mm, know, Punky Brewster. Sure. You remember in her TV
0: show when she actually... actually on the cartoon one, not the regular show. <laughs> In the cartoon show, she accidentally falls through a rainbow and she meets a magical friend who has secret powers that she brings back with the 80s, man. I don't know. The <laughs> 80s.
3: Yeah, but the other other things like, um, to some extent, um, the never-ending story, or even stuff like uh, Rainbow Bright, you know? Wow. Uh... Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, I'm going to have fun
0: trying to tag this episode when it goes on the site.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a, but my point being, uh, that sort of magic friend story was a lot more common uh, in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, nowadays, it's, it's a lot more, you know, you're following the special person rather than you're a regular kid who has befriended something special. And that, I, that's, that's one of the things that I see in this is, is Eleven is the kid's magic friend. Yeah, I could see and, that. And, you know, it, it makes me a bit nostalgic, you know. I mean, I, I from my perspective, the show can stand on more than just nostalgia. And because uh, one of the interesting things, like you, you kind of struggled to describe it because really there's a bunch of interwoven plot lines for the different characters. They're kind of off on their own thing. And they're all kind of different where, what was it? The, uh, oh, the names are escaping me, but you can say like, uh, uh, the sheriff is in kind of a polit- uh, almost like a, uh, uh an espionage thriller ish thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minota Ryder, the mom is in a horror movie. The kids are in kind of a sci-fi adventure movie and you can even expand, uh, uh, you can expand that further. Like the teens are in their own, like a, uh, uh, Brat Pack kind of movie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Mike's mom is in a soap opera, and Mike's dad is in a sitcom. <laughs> that
0: that does explain a lot of why their scenes together seemed a little disjointed. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, that's I, I like that. I, I, I think the kind of interplay that they kind of focused around here, I found it fun, and it reminded me just of you know the feeling that you get when you're a kid and you have those kind of pretend games that you play uh you run around and these kids had some of the coolest damn toys for kids in that back in the day um yeah did did you cringe a
0: little bit when Dustin dropped the millennium falcon uh, yeah uh yeah
3: actually, oh do you know what that that's toy? worth <laughs> i actually had that toy
0: <laughs> yeah
3: he, they just, they, I'm, I'm hoping
0: that was a replica, because if they actually got their hands on one of those original Millennium Falcons and they just dropped it on the floor like that, I'm going to be oh, upset. Oh, I'm,
2: I'm sure it was a replica.
0: Yeah, I'm going to choose to believe that. <laughs> I have to. All right, where are we going? Sorry, I just got really angry at Dustin all of a sudden, and I completely lost where we were. Uh, w- were you done, Nick? I don't know. I blacked I, out.
3: <laughs> I, I'll, I'll call myself done for now.
0: All right. Uh 60. What'd you think of uh Stranger Things?
2: Oh, well, I mean, I really enjoyed it uh as well. Um I was kind of hooked uh from the first episode. Uh especially hmm. when the the kids were playing D&D and I was like, "Yeah. <laughs> I love D&D," so, you know, that that uh, immediately endeared it to me. But, you know, I really enjoyed um the 80s-ness of it. Not so much the references, but just kind of the feel like I like a lot of the old you know 80s sci-fi and horror stuff
0: yeah Um, i will say i was i was appreciative that the 80s references weren't very over the top like you would see in perhaps an adam
3: sandler movie yeah yeah they, they, they had stuff like um i believe they were making a lot of empire references because jedi hadn't come out yet uh, right, they were playing period appropriate edition of D and D. They were playing first edition because wow. second edition hadn't come yeah, out holy yet. Holy cow! Re- really? Holy and, cow! And, and <laughs> getting, yes, the Demogorgon you know, was an enemy in first edition D and D. They removed it after that because of all the demonic, you know, garbage that people were worried about. Oh, for, yeah, yeah. They took so, like, they
2: took demons entirely out of D and D, and they kind of reinserted them as Tanari and. Uh, yeah, it got. Was
0: that because of all the people yeah, freaking the, out about the, the little, possessions the whole, the whole, that have never happened? The whole
2: satanist yeah. thing, like, oh, you know, it's it's the occult and everything, and D and D is so evil. And I, you know, I mean, I grew up with first edition D and D, so I adore it. And um, yeah, it was nice, even though they were kind of playing fast and loose with the rules there a bit.
0: <laughs> I am so out of my
2: element right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought the kids were great. Like, I thought they were really genuine and believable. Um, which is not something yeah. you see in a lot of child actors and, and things nowadays. So it was kind of, that also had a very 80s feel because there are a lot of 80s movies that involved kids and the kids always seemed a lot more like kids than they do today in, in movies today. Like they talk like kids and they do things that kids do, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I like, I, I really enjoyed it. There were, you know, there were elements I didn't like, like I could not stand basically any time when owner Ryder was on screen. Um, just not a huge. I could see that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of her, and and like the and 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 this, I just felt like it was uh just too much Winona Ryder when she was she was. They were just like be Winona Ryder, but be more Winona Ryder. Yeah. So that's, be
0: crazy. Yes. Yeah.
2: And, and and so that was irritating to me. You know. Mhm.
0: Um, oh, I can see that. I have never liked Winona Ryder since that whole shoplifting thing when she got. Like straight up caught on video shoplifting and acted like I didn't. Why? Why you guys think I did anything wrong? Yeah. Got like so upset. Like why? Why am I being arrested? Why am I being charged? Why, why do you think Winona Ryder? And so ever since then, it's very hard for me to have positive associations with Winona Ryder. Yeah, um, I, mean,
2: I don't really care much about like you know whatever
0: <laughs>
1: whatever, right.
2: whatever stuff she's done in her in her life. Just like her as an actress, I've never been particularly fond of. I guess I think it's just kind of her mousy attitude or something. Something about her just kind of puts me off. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, so I mean, I I mean, she was giving a decent performance. It's just she just irritates me personally. (laughs) And that's I think that's perfectly valid. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and of course, I didn't like kind of like the forced, you know, um, breakup of the best friends like they always have to do in every everything. Um, between, I don't remember the kids. Oh, that scenes. was,
0: that was a stretch. Yeah, yeah that was, that was um, a real So that was between Mike and, uh, oh, Lucas. Lucas's buddy?
2: Lucas, Lucas, yeah. thank you. Yeah, so Mike and Lucas, like, that was, that felt really forced, and I was just kind of rolling my eyes. Like, it's, it's unnecessary. I kind of hate it when they do that. Yeah,
0: it, it's like they had a trope checklist, and they're like, yeah. oh, wait, we haven't, we haven't done the best friend thing yet. So yeah. we gotta, we gotta but do overall, that. But overall,
2: yeah, I really enjoyed the series as a whole.
0: Right, so you liked it from episode one yeah. on, huh? yep. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I just... Something about episode one just did not resonate with me, and I just... I feel like at that point, I missed the bus, and I was playing catch-up until episode six.
3: Maybe it was but too much Winona Ryder. Maybe. <laughs>
0: it might have been too... I Man, I do not like Winona Ryder. I'm, I'm completely with Sixty on this. Anytime she's on the screen, I just want them to go to a different yeah. scene. <laughs> I really do. All I, right, I, I, so. I will
3: give her this much credit. I, I believe she did a good job of acting in a kind of a crazy way in response to a crazy situation and yet presenting it rationally enough that you can kind of believe her when she says I know this sounds crazy I, I'll give you
0: that but then a lot of the times she does things that are just ridiculous and just expects people to, to believe her at face value yeah. you know especially when she's out buying phones and Christmas lights <laughs> and she's <just> like what <laughs> what I'm just buying just phones and Christmas up. lights you're like, no, you really – at this point, especially you probably you should at least make something especially up. Especially
3: when you yeah. compare that to when the kids were buying, you know, bullets and bear traps and gasoline. What are you kids yeah. doing? Hunting monsters? Huh. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Got to love that that little nod to, oh, all right, yeah, because they would just let kids – anyway. All right. We're not going there. Anyway, so let's talk about the cast because we've already started – Honestly, uh, well, I don't have anything else to say about Winona Ryder. And sixty said her piece. So Nikki, it's it's your last call for anything you want to say about Winona. Uh, Ryder. I pretty
3: much said my piece.
0: Any any Edward Scissorhands dig, digs you want to get in there? This <laughs> is the time. No. All right, cool. All right, so Winona Ryder's done. All right, we will no longer speak of her again. Uh, so next, you had the sheriff, uh, Jim Hopper, played by uh, David Harbor. I this guy looks so familiar, and I'm really trying to like rack my brain to think if I've seen him in something else. I've I've looked at his IMDb, and this is what's awful: his IMDb is filled with movies I've seen. <laughs> but do you think I could place him in any of these? I mean, he was in Suicide Squad for crying
3: out loud. And I look, I'm like, I don't know who that Did he is. He have a name in Suicide Squad? Dexter Tolliver. Yes, <laughs>
0: I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he was name. a character that was Yeah, he was prominently displayed on the screen. I mean, this was a DC movie. DC didn't even give Lois a last name in Batman v yeah. Superman. So. <laughs> this a big, he was in Quantum of Solace, which I I mean, I'm looking through. He was been in Law and Orders, he's been uh, well, Order everybody's in been in and, Law and Order, so That's that's true at this point. Everyone's probably been in Law and Order. But I uh he was in Brokeback Mountain. I just ah. War of the Worlds. I've seen him I've seen that movie, uh I, I swear I'm looking through this and i he's been in a bunch of stuff I've seen, but I even well, knowing the for character's why he was name familiar to you, yeah. But I mean even even knowing the names of the characters he played, I I still can't even think of who he was. So um I guess good job getting an everyman
3: looking kind
0: of guy <laughs> I suppose and, and every um,
3: man who has a magical fist.
0: Yeah. Oh, th- this guy is just. I mean you want to talk about 80s tropes. This is a guy who's like I'm going to punch my way out of this situation. <laughs>
1: like, like
0: dude, you can't you can't just punch your way out of breaking into a secret federal facility. <laughs> that it doesn't work that way. I'm pretty sure. Don't don't hold me to that, but I wouldn't put that to the test.
3: I mean, it, 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 Hopper to me kind of is one of the it seems like the writers would occasionally kind of work their way into a corner and they wrote themselves out with Hopper punches somebody, because mm-hmm. that happens yep. at least three times. Yeah, it, it really does. He punches a lot of people in this. Um, I'm going
0: through my head all the different times I saw him just punch a guy. I think he punched out was it, like I remember when he was
3: looking at Will's body for the yeah, first he time. Punched he punched, punched out, out the, the guard, Stady. Uh yeah. The, yeah, in front of it. Uh, he also punched out the uh, the agent and the guard uh, inside the facility before he went to like. Found the gate to the upside down, and he also knocked out the 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 guys that were f- searching for the boys uh, when they were hiding in the bus. Yes,
0: yeah. There were like what three guys with guns, and Hopper just like punches the helicopter and a out. helicopter. <laughs> and a heli- he punched out the helicopter too. They didn't show that. He punched the helicopter. And he's you know <laughs> maybe,
3: maybe maybe he's related to One Punch Man or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it was, it's, you're right, it's hilarious how this guy just basically punched his way out of every situation, and then we're, we're just expected to take that at face value. But the strange thing is I totally took that at face value every single time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but so- somehow about the pacing. Something about the yeah. pacing and just seeing him do it. Because, I mean, I don't know. You can get away with stuff on screen, but he looks like a pretty good-sized guy. So if he was, like, sucker-punching the yeah. guard, yeah, that could lay someone out. You know, maybe not in the movie lay someone out way where you should be like, good god, get him to a neuro to a neurologist because that man has a severe concussion now, kind of <laughs> yeah. knockout. But uh, uh, or when he was interrogating the guy outside the bar, the guy who found Will's, you know, dummy body. Oh yeah, that's right.
0: It's another guy he punched out. Yeah, at. well he didn't punch him out. He just
3: like he just he had his just fist set him. to s- he had his fist set to <laughs> interrogate. <laughs> Oh, Jack powered yeah. him. Uh, and <laughs> in the um uh, uh, when he was in the facility, and there was two guys. uh The motion was fast enough, and if you can buy the first punch, it was done with enough, just you know, overt guile that you could be like, Yeah, I guess I can buy that. If if I if I'm in for a penny, I'm in for a pound. And the one with, at the bus was like it was almost entirely off screen. So you're like, okay, he did something kind of brazen and cool. I guess. Yeah, he. Bat, they they did they did the
0: Batman treatment. <laughs> it, it all happened off screen, so you just have to imagine it was this awesome thing that was just that was too beautiful for film to capture. Maybe he is Batman.
2: Maybe, maybe he
3: is like, this is just I some... mean,
2: they I think they did establish that he used to, to be like a big city cop.
3: Yes, they did. And
2: maybe maybe that's mm-hmm. where he was Batman. And then he came here to retire.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, it was it was uh, pretty much said he was a big city cop and he kind of uh, it's pretty implied that he became a bit of a, a substance abusing burnout after his daughter died. Yes, uh, and because that split him up from his wife and everything, and yeah. and it's kind of implied that he's he more than drinks because he's like at his table there's like pills scattered all over it and you know exactly what they are you can leave it to your imagination I suppose but those it dastardly
2: was, heroin pills
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah or uh, uh, every time because when um, when they caught him the second time they were saying you're just a small town cop who took one too many pills this time and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you would think it'd be cocaine if we really wanted to cement this in the 80s. Yeah, they
3: probably didn't want to quite go that far, though.
0: Uh, yeah. It's it's very hard to make a hero out of somebody who's snorting cocaine. <laughs> but it would explain punching everything and feeling no pain. Yeah, so. maybe, maybe, well, maybe
2: I mean, that's how he's doing it all. He's just powered yeah. by cocaine.
3: Yeah, like Snowflame, right. the supervillain who g- gains his powers <laughs> from snorting cocaine. Is that a real that's thing? That's a real thing. It was in the New Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) it was a long time ago. Um, I was from like the nineties. Yeah. Uh, But uh, speaking, you know, comparing him to Batman, there's another thing you can say there, which is um, uh, on TV tropes. They have a specific entry called a Batman gambit. And what he did when he snuck in and made the deal with them saying, here's what we're going to do. You're going to give us what we need to go in there and get the boy and come out. And we're all going to forget this ever happened. That is almost exactly a Batman gambit. Because you don't actually have control of your opponents, but you pretty much know what they're going to do well enough that you can kind of pl- like incorporate their reaction to what you're doing into your plan. Yeah. So, yeah, Very, That's very a, Batman-esque there.
0: It's I found it kind of unusual, though, in that every time anybody else went into the Upside Down, they kind of established that bad things happened nearly immediately, but they were able... Uh, so uh, Hop and Joyce and apparently Will also sort of were able to get around in the Upside Down without kind of setting the the beast off or whatever. Did they ever establish what that thing was called? I've been calling it the beast because I obviously watch a lot of Disney movies and that's a name that pops right in my head.
2: But but, I, think, I, think, uh, I think most people have been referring to it as the Demogorgon.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Okay. No, <laughs> There is no canonical name.
2: Even though it's clearly oh. not a demogorgon because it doesn't have two, <laughs> what is it? Mandrel heads. It has, yeah, it has two mandrel heads yeah. and like tentacle arms. Uh-huh. It's clearly not a demogorgon.
0: You know, speaking of which, not that I want to talk about D and D because <laughs> I do not want to talk about D and D, but there is that one part where where Eleven's kind of trying to to give some scope of what what's going on to to the to the boys, and she's trying to explain upside down in in a way that doesn't make a whole ton of sense, but I'm going to assume she's been living in a box for a while, so I'm going to let that go. But when she tries to explain what the Beast is, and I'm just going to roll with Beast, so you guys call it whatever you want. Beast is my term. When she's explaining the Beast, she drops the Demogorgon on, which I mean is great for the theatricality of, this is something that even for somebody who doesn't know what D&D is, like mm. this guy, I've they've established the Demogorgon enough that I see that, and I think, oh, that's really bad. But then I think well, she doesn't have that context. So she doesn't know that that's the Demogorgon. And it's really bad. So she just picked something that looked bad and slapped it on the thing, and it didn't look anything like the creature that she was. Go. It was just. It was very strange and odd to me that it. 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 it she happened to pick up that piece simply so that we and the boys would understand what she meant by that. But it was. It was done to progress the story and not done in a very realistic manner, yeah. as far as I'm well, concerned. Well, it might have side, also been just note. the ugliest piece
3: there.
2: Side note: Those uh, yeah. those Demogorgon minifigs <clears throat> are selling for a lot on eBay.
3: I'm sure they are. It's it's you it's, think they... it's
2: weird. Like I saw I saw it. I was like when I, after I'd seen the show and saw how big it blew up, I was like, I bet that is really expensive now. And I took a look at it, and yeah, they're selling for a lot.
0: Like how how much? Ballpark. Like
2: well, the one I was tracking for a while, I think it ended up selling for over like a hundred bucks.
0: A hundred bucks. That's not bad for a little Demogorgon yeah. piece. Who, who owns Dungeons Dragons these days? Could they just start like cranking out demogorgons? Well, I
2: mean, um, what, does, does Wizards of the Coast still own them? I believe so. I think so. I think it's still Wizards of the Coast. Um, I mean, they 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 <laughs> certainly could. I mean, I'm sure they have a demogorgon piece because demogorgon is in Fifth Edition D and D. So I'm sure they have a minifig for it.
0: Okay, and now I'm sorry, but I This <laughs> is for the
2: original. This is for like original back in the '70s pieces. Isn't
0: yeah. Okay. So. Well, there you go for my D&D listeners out there. I finally have people on who can relate. I have no idea. I wasn't allowed to play it because of all the the occultics. Because of all the
2: Satan that's in the, in the <laughs> yeah. books.
0: Because it was back in the 80s, and that's when the worst thing that could possibly happen to a kid was the occult. <laughs> they hadn't lived through the 90s yet. They didn't realize things got so much worse than the occult. Yeah, like all the You know what I give for, like. <laughs> Yeah, after everything got porny and there were X's and everything, then we're like, oh, the occult wasn't that bad. <laughs> These kids are spelling words without a single vowel. It's
2: ridiculous. I'm going to go eat my uh, extreme Fruit Loops now.
0: <laughs> extreme flu- Fruit Loops with extra food coloring. Yes. Because that's extreme. Extreme chemical crap not, You story, don't eat them with
2: milk. You eat them with Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, no, uh, no, no.
0: I will say this. I still love my <laughs> you, Mountain Dew. You eat Dew. them
2: with Jolt Cola.
3: <laughs> with Jolt <Schult> Cola. <laughs> yeah. There we or, go. Or that was, was the 90s. 90s right it was the 90s. You can also have Surge.
2: Surge, right? That was Surge. Yeah, when oh, I... You know, you
3: can still buy Surge. That's still a thing that I they make. I didn't know that it still existed. They brought
2: it back, though, I thought. Uh-huh. Yeah, they brought it yeah, they back, brought it yeah. Back. I remember when I was in high school, they... um, uh, Who was it? Coke, I think, that made Surge. Um, mm-hmm. Whoever it was. They came to our school, and they were just giving it out for free.
3: <laughs> they They did that <laughs> in my high school, too.
2: Yeah, yeah was wow. like here you I, go
0: I never got free surge in high school I don't know I, I didn't go to one of those cool surge high schools <laughs> my high school was not extreme I don't, I,
2: don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think my high school was that extreme I, I, I mean I was in the dirty South our, our, our actual no. mascot our high school mascot we were the Confederates so <laughs> <laughs> the mascot was a Confederate soldier
0: Wow I, I think the only way you could be more southern is if your mascot was foghorn <laughs> it was uh,
2: it was it was um, Lee Davis High School. And Stonewall Jackson Middle School, like, super south,
0: yeah, yeah, that is super south. Wow, and you got you got surge, yeah, and we I didn't got surge. You have failed me, New York State education system. <laughs> all right, all right, we are. I, I'm done talking about surge. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> All right, so we're just gonna we're just gonna leave Hop where he is, and we're gonna start talking about the kids. Cause I mean, the kids were the real focal point. There was all this other stuff going on, but everyone's talking about the kids. Sure. So I guess we have to talk about the kids now. Uh, so we'll start in order of annoyed me the least. <laughs> so that starts on eleven. So uh, Millie Bobby Brown as uh, Eleven, also known L. That she's got she she has some uh, telekinetic, but like it was very. Almost psychokinetic, and then of course at the end she gets the uh, the the plot convenient power of being able to disintegrate the beast and herself. It was um yeah kind of Dave's esmaki machina towards the end there played.
3: I Do you I like I that think one Millie... more or less Deus X than uh, uh Hop's magic fist. <laughs> I think they're on par with okay. each other. I think, I think I'd like
0: to see what happens. Like, If if Millie Bobby Brown tries to disintegrate Hop's fist, is that like crossing the streams? <laughs> Would... Yeah. So anyway, so Millie Bobby Brown, so she's a young actress. She was born in 2004, so she's only 12 years old. Phenomenally talented in this show, I have oh, yeah. to say. It's, uh... Uh, oh,
3: sorry, go.
0: I was just going to ramble. Go, will oh, somebody sure. say something?
3: It's uh, uh, one of the things that kind of struck me. She reminded me, a little bit uh, – this is going to sound weird and nerdy, but I'm a weird nerd uh, – of um, uh, Brent Spiner's data in Star Trek Next Generation because he did a pretty subtle uh, sort of – he didn't go super robotic with his stuff, but it was unnatural, so you mm-hmm. could kind of see it wasn't right. Uh, Eleven did a lot of that too. Uh, the, the most prominent example, I mean, there's the obvious stuff of the broken speech patterns and and stuff, but um, like she didn't swing her arms when she would walk or run. Ever. No, so yeah, I, I no, she uh, I, I appreciate little details like that that um, sort of juxtaposed normal behavior. Yeah, so she was apparently discovered. Uh, she was
0: taking like acting workshops just for something to do on the weekends. And she was in Florida, and she was discovered by a, a talent scout who saw the classes, which was like, and this was would have been maybe five years ago. So we're talking when she was seven. The scout was like, "Listen, she's good. She is very, very good." She and uh, the quote I'm reading here, which I'm going to just assume is accurate because it it serves the purpose of what I'm trying to say, is that he basically said like, "She has instincts you can't teach." Mm. I believe you that. Know, so think yeah. things like you know the way she looks the way she moves around the way she acts like she's in this strange world the unnatural love of ego waffles um i you know i believed all that and she did a she did a good job uh, i'm looked over imdb real quick nothing i would have ever seen her in ncis gray's anatomy modern family like oh all these shows that i don't watch once upon a time in wonderland as what what is once upon a time in wonderland i'd have never even heard of this show i have show. no idea no, No. I, she was nothing. young Alice. I, I,
3: I know so little about I it that I, I was considering making a joke of, oh, you've never seen that? But I, I don't even know. So Yeah, anyway, so I quite liked her. I don't know. What'd I you thought, you thought she thought was, great. Yeah, I mean, was great. Yeah, was, there, absolutely. There was, um, like I said, a lot of those little things. There was a lot of the yeah, – and you say how she uh, could convey that she was in this strange world. She was able to uh, uh, give – for example, when she saw Barb's body in the upside down, when she was sort of astral projecting in the in the bathtub, <clears throat> uh, just mm-hmm. very you know shocked and and freaking out reaction that a child would have if they see a dead body. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, she, even, she I, did a really the, good
2: job just conveying emotion altogether just with the, just with her face, you know.
3: Which in turn is very impressive, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, when you give her a character who does not have the vocabulary to say what they're thinking, you you leave her no choice but to have to non-verbally convey all the emotions that a young girl with psychokinetic abilities who has been locked in a federal facility her entire life would have to have, and she did it. So kudos, because that's there are professional actors who have awards who probably couldn't pull that off. Most
3: certainly.
2: I heard her yeah. parents have turned into dicks, though.
3: That is, unfortunately, not surprising.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that tends to happen in this kind of mm-hmm. instance. That was
0: kind of a downer, actually. Now I'm sad. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about, so I guess we're going in order of who annoyed me the least. So next is Lucas, Caleb mm-hmm. uh, McLaughlin. I don't know what else he's been in, either, because they're kids, and I don't tend to watch a lot of films and shows with kids in them that I would have remembered the kid from, that where they would have been. I'm looking over. He's one an episode of Blue Bloods.
3: That's a thing. Law and Order, because everyone's been in Law and Order. Yeah, nothing I would have known. Yeah, I don't have a whole ton to say about him. I mean, he was the kid who had to be the... uh, If you're going to have to have that uh, the friends split up moment so you can have the reunification moment, he was the one that got pegged in that spot. So at the same time, he's the one who had to doubt Eleven, who was the most sympathetic character in the entire thing, which... uh, flowing from that makes lucas far less uh, sympathetic and identifiable
0: yeah which is unfortunate because it, it was it was very forced how they sort of made him immediately distrust eleven and and this is i have to bring this up unfortunately uh lucas once used the phrase over the radio over and out and i have said this numerous times on this podcast over and out is not a real thing. Those are two different things, and they're conflicting. They, they, they're they exclusive of each other. Over means I'm done talking and I expect a reply. Out means I'm done talking and I don't expect a reply. So when you say over and out, what you're really saying is, I don't know what I'm
3: talking about. <laughs> well, to be fair, they are kids who are just going to parrot this stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah so i'll I'll give him the the buy that they probably picked up that over and out thing from the t v but given that how how anal Mike is about you have to say over when you're done. you need to say over, you would think he would have at least figured out what out meant,
2: <laughs> maybe, but sometimes kids just say shit. you know yeah. he might have learned the the over thing and then just been really anal about that in particular because he knew that for sure.
3: Well, also, yeah. don't you need okay. to have that part so that you know when to, to, to push the button to talk and take the button off to listen or something?
0: Right. But, I mean, that's that's the whole point of saying over is what you're saying is I'm now done talking. I'm expecting a reply right. back. Because
3: you can't talk and listen at the same time on walkie-talkies. Yeah. Right
0: you know and now granted i did used to teach radio talking for the navy so i may be a bit more anal about this than most people yeah but anybody who's who's done actual real radio talking would know this and i know it bothers them too <laughs> so i'm i'm i am their voice all right i am the lorax i speak for the radio talkers <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, if you want to get super anal about it, I'm pretty sure that get up he had when he had the walkie talkie on his handlebar wouldn't have worked because he was not pushing any button for transmission. Furthermore, uh, this is one that I don't know if it would be valid or not, but, uh, the headset that Dustin had when he was talking to Lucas in this whole, in that same, uh, scenario, uh, would he have had to have a manual on off on? on, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you'd have to. That's just how walkie-talkies sure. work. So you they, can't... That's how they work now. It's how they worked in the 80s. Yeah,
3: so I'm pretty sure you you know, you know can't do that and bike fast at the same time. <laughs> you cannot. Un- un- no. un- unless he was doing something really impressive where he was holding the handlebar at the center with one hand, kicking down hard, and holding his ear. And that's... Yeah. That, that's that's hardcore. Yeah. You, yeah. You, don't,
2: you, don't, you don't know Lucas's skills, all right they, they didn't really... Display that that well in the show. Maybe he could do that. Yeah.
3: Well, that was Dustin yeah. with the with well, the hands yeah. free heads. Anyhow,
0: well, Whichever. well, Dustin, Dustin's got a, his he's got cleidocranial dysplasia, so maybe he, I don't he, know. He's
3: got he's the one who actually has a mutant power. Yes, because Eleven's was wasn't yes. a mutant power that was acquired.
0: <laughs> yes. So in City of Heroes, she would have been a science yes. origin. Whereas Luke, I'm sorry, I apologize <laughs> for that dated
3: reference that. That obviously nobody
0: would have liked, because if it worked, then it would have been a thing. So I'm, I'm actually,
3: I'm well, trying to look up the actor. Series, City of Heroes reference. Yeah.
0: I'm looking up the actor to see if he actually does have cladocranial dysplasia. Yes, he does. And I'm hoping the more times I say it, the more it'll actually uh, show up. Yeah, so I guess he, yeah, he really does. So he uses, like, fake teeth for when he does, like, other acting Yeah, and, stuff. and then,
3: in fact, that's the only reason the character had it, was because the actor already had it. So they're like, okay, let's roll with it. Yeah.
0: yeah you know what? might as well yep. rather than trying to use the fake teeth and all that other stuff maybe he could you know just put him in there and have him be the thing and raise awareness and uh and he's he, also and he's, and he's... he's he's got broadway credit did you know that sorry now we've we've inadvertently moved on to to gatton Mat- Mat- Matarazzo <laughs> okay i'm going to try that again uh gatton Matarazo. i don't think i did better the second time <laughs> i, I mean, that's probably pretty close and i apologize gatton um but yeah so he's a he's a broadway i did actor. not know that that's fascinating
2: I didn't know yeah. that either.
0: So he's. Uh, he was in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and he was in <laughs> Les Miserables. <laughs> I, he was in Les L- Miserables as uh, Gavroche, who is the kid. If you've seen Les Miserables, it's, it's just one kid. I have not he was seen Les
3: The most I've mm-hmm. seen of Les Mis was a YouTube poop of Les Mis. <laughs> Interesting. Sure, okay. I'm sure
2: that gives you the gist of it, though.
3: Yeah. But basically,
0: basically if, if, as soon as you know he's in Les Mis, people who've seen it know exactly who he played, because there was exactly one kid in, in the entire Les Mis play, and he shows up in the second act, and then he dies very quickly into the second act. I said it was a spoiler podcast. Broadway musicals are on the table in fair well, game.
3: I think we've actually, when we went to talk about Lucas, we actually covered Dustin more already anyway. Yeah.
0: All right. So Dustin's done. I guess now well, we're to.
3: I, I will say. I will say. Do... Okay. I, I I appreciate. Like he actually was kind of the most level-headed one of the group. I I, I on a storytelling sense, I kind of liked that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He he was the voice of reason when you know Lucas had to be unnecessarily uh, abrasive, mm-hmm. and and Eleven was r- raised in a federal facility her entire life and had psychokinetic abilities, so not super relatable and then Mike was just kind of unnaturally in love with Eleven, yeah. and and so that just sort of made his his judgment and his portrayal kind of grating, and then Will was in the Upside Down the entire time. So, yeah, that really does make him probably the most relatable and level-headed character of the four yeah, friends. Yeah, even,
3: even when they were in that thing, when they were saying, Mike, the, the bullies caught them up on the quarry, and they were saying Mike has to uh-huh. jump off, He's like, at, or they were threatening to cut out uh, uh, Dustin's teeth, He's like, mm-hmm. "Don't do it. It's their baby teeth. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't worth it."
2: And then every kid was like, "Yeah, no, it's cool. I'll just jump."
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Optimus Prime, like in was... your acceptance of self-sacrifice. There. Yes,
0: yeah. it really was. It was just like, no, I, I think I'm gonna give my life for this right now. <laughs> like, dude, really? I mean, at that point, it's like, just fight back, because you're, you're dying one way or the other. Yeah. You know? At least at least see if you got magic hop fists first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I guess we're on to Mike. So, uh Finn Wolfhard is Mike. That's his real name, Finn Wolfhard. I
2: laugh too much at that.
0: That's, uh... <laughs> I don't know. That's... I guess he had to be an actor, because what else was left for him at that
2: mm-hmm.
1: point?
0: I- um... Yeah, he's Canadian. If you want to hold that against him, that's on you. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a whole lot. He hasn't been in an awful lot. Uh, He's been in maybe four other credits before this, and nothing I would have seen, like single one off appearances on shows. Uh, He's apparently going to be in the remake of It. Well,
3: that's just completely fitting the theme here, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, (laughs) given the amount.
3: Given the tremendous amount of Stephen King influence on this. Mm hmm. There was a lot of
0: Stephen King in this. I, at one point, actually kind of... Bl- I almost convinced myself that Stephen King was like a producer because there was just so much <laughs> of him in it. I think I just inherently assumed that he had some sort of producing credit on this, and it wasn't until I was prepping for Hero Talk when I went to figure that out. I realized, no, he had nothing to do with it. It was just kind of inspired by his work, like him, and you can see some elements of John Carpenter, and the Steven Spielberg was pretty, pretty heavy in there, as we've already yeah. mentioned.
3: I mean, they even, right. they even overtly had a reference to Cujo in there, because that's what the guard in front of the uh, mortuary was reading. I mean, yeah. you didn't see the front of the book. You just saw a picture of Stephen King on the back of the book, but, you know, it. oh, that's... Right, know, which,
0: which I think is why I thought Stephen King had something to do with it, because of that reference. I'm like, oh, look, Stephen King worked his own book. In, yeah, <laughs> I, I totally thought that Stephen <laughs> King was a producer on this. I, I legit believed that, until today. This very day is when I learned he was not... <laughs>
3: All right.
0: uh, sorry, I'm just sighing because I realize we probably got to talk about the teenagers now.
3: <laughs> you mean like absolutely not Sean Penn?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you can't, um, you
3: can't, you can't look at him and tell me he does not just make you think of Sean Penn. All right, so Steve.
0: Just, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm just trying to work myself up into it. Okay, so let me, let's start. I guess we'll start with Steve. Thanks. So Joe Keery, who's, uh, yeah, basically looks like Sean Penn. It's, it's who you get when you need a young Sean Penn. Yeah. Uh, so Steve, Steve had a very interesting story arc, I'll say this, because he was, they had all the setup of him being the the jerk jock. Oh, I'm surprised they managed to get that out first take. <laughs> Steve is set up as the jerk jock who is – he's he's supposed to be the guy that loses the girl because he's so insecure mm. and he just ends up – she ends up realizing his true nature. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they kind of flip the trope on its head and he, in almost of an uncharacteristic moment of, of clarity, thinks to himself, huh, I really am a jerk. <laughs> I I should probably – get better friends <laughs> and,
2: because you know and, and that, almo- that's that's yeah. normally how it goes for teenagers they realize yeah. they're being yeah. jerks teenagers so
0: they- always have these these <laughs> <laughs> these really lucid moments <laughs> where they realize existence around them and how things are supposed to work but but yeah so i mean i guess it it was nice in that it turned it on its head a little bit because yeah. when they're pushing so hard that nancy and jonathan are going to end up mm-hmm. together it is nice to have something unexpected come out of that, where he stops and thinks to himself, like, "You know what? I just got beat and I had that coming." And
3: <laughs> maybe I'm- I shouldn't have implied that he killed his younger brother." yeah (laughs) like you're probably thinking like
0: that was such a jerk thing for me to say and then I let this guy write Nancy's a slut all over the everything that was not a good move I really should probably stop hanging out with these people and go try to make right some of this 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 crap I've done (laughs) and he goes and does
3: it Jonathan literally beats some sense into him
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah literally Literally beat the sense into me and he stopped and thought to himself, I need to go make this right. And he ends up becoming a character who sort of, in doing that, endears himself to me. I don't know if it's so much because I'm really a sucker for a a story of retribution and redemption or if maybe I just kind of like when tropes get turned on their head because they're so tired that, especially given all the movies that I watch and analyze to a ridiculous detail so that I may podcast on them later, it's kind of nice when something happens that I'm not expecting at this point Yeah. because I tend to come to expect most of the normal stuff that's going to happen because I've seen it before. So I was, I was really happy to see something that I did not see coming. I very much did not see Steve's sudden change of heart in part because teenagers don't do that. <laughs> and in part because it was uh, an interesting piece of character development. that's all well, I I feel bad, I feel bad I for the
2: other guy though, because now he doesn't get the girl.
0: So Jonathan, <laughs> so I've I've, I've yeah. heard that, yeah, Jonathan. So well, he, he didn't really. D- he was the
3: one taking creepy stalkery pictures. Yes, he was. I mean, when they, they when they smashed his camera, I mean, they they did it in a pretty dickish way, and you know, property damage, you know, debatably okay. may have been overdoing it, maybe not. No, but, I don't uh, think so. Was... If somebody's
2: taking creepy, weird pictures of of your girlfriend without her knowledge. I think you smashed their camera. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't I don't always say that. You know, violence. Is the, is the answer, but I mean, come on, they're teenagers. That's going to be a reaction to it, right. and that's, that's fine.
0: Yes, what so- we're basically saying is violence is sometimes it's the sometimes
2: answer. It's
0: sometimes the answer. Well, it was the it, answer for Hop as a lot last of the time. <laughs> exactly. It was. I mean, th- think, if Hop was a, a pacifist, uh, not nothing would have ever gotten Mm-mm. resolved. If
3: Jonathan so, never beat up uh, Steve, he wouldn't have had his uh, moment of clarity. Exactly, And then wouldn't have been able to bail them out when the Beast was coming See? after.
2: So- See, we finally figured out the moral of the story.
3: Punch tank. So the moral
0: of the story is: violence is the answer. Yes, it is the first resort, first
2: and best response. No,
0: that's 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 not actually. Don't don't go don't go do that, listeners. Seriously, that's that's horrible life don't advice. Do it. <laughs> now listen, I am not saying that violence is never the answer. I don't believe that. Sometimes violence is the answer, but uh, try something else first. There, that's my <laughs> go. That's my psa for that's that's horrible <laughs> advice <just in> general. <laughs> that's terrible don't don't listen to me for life advice i talk about movies and tv shows <laughs> i shouldn't be trying to base yourself off of me all right what are we talking about jonathan we moved on to all jonathan right. So the one the one thing about Jonathan because everyone that I've talked to about this has kind of said the same thing in terms of it was just I really thought Jonathan was end up with Nancy and so now I feel bad now the way I say it is if he had ended up with Nancy. His entire story arc would have been done at the end of Season 1, and there would be nothing for him in Season 2. Now, there's something for him in Season 2. There is stuff for him to continue doing when he's trying to deal with Will's next problem, because that kid Will cannot catch a break (laughs) for anything. And the kid survived in the Upside Down for like a week, and then he ends up incubating another beast in his stomach. And now seems to have the ability to shift between the upside down and the normal world at will. Play on words. Well, I was that? about to say <laughs> there. I picked,
3: I, picked that, I picked up on that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, played by Charlie Heaton, because I didn't say that. I don't know what else he's been in. I'm not even going to look he's it up. He's apparently the
3: worst movies ever.
0: He was in Aaron Brockovich.
2: <laughs> he played uh, Julia Roberts' mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, there was um there was a movie, they were talking about it on uh Red Letter Media on Half in the Bag. It was something that came out, it's got like a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, it's just terrible and, and this kid is in it. Huh. Um mm-hmm. but I yeah, he had um his character had a good um a good layer to it where, you know, he was this weird, awkward, antisocial uh, person. He sort of preferred to look through a camera lens to engage with the world and he had, you know, it, you could say it's BS, but he had his own philosophy to it. Um But, you know, Personally, I'm not the most social person in the world either, so I can identify to that, with that to some extent. So, like, I understood when he was talking with Nancy and, and saying, you know, they, they were kind of yelling at each other. It's like, Steve thinks you're a jerk. It's like, well, I don't like Steve either, but I don't like most people. He's in the vast majority. <laughs> like, I, I understand that stance entirely.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Having known you for some 15 years now. Well, more than that, right? 17 years? Is that really a thing? Uh, Have we known each other for 17 yeah, years? Yeah, about. Oh, man.
3: I'm old. <laughs> and you're older than me, yes, Grandpa. Yes, I am older than you. That's and right. Jeff is older than both of us, I believe.
0: He sure is. ha, <laughs> Jeff. Uh, we got gotcha. you. It's not even a point streak. <laughs> All right, Uh, we were talking about the cast of some show here. I think at some point, and we got horribly, horribly off. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm really. I'm really debating if I want to keep going through some of. So I guess Nancy Wheeler was kind of a big part. So we got to talk about her. Um, Played by Natalie Dyer, who I just. (laughs) Oh my goodness! All right, so I just. Just as we were speaking just now, I decided to pull up her IMDb to see if there was anything worth mentioning in the list of things she's played. And the the top two things that come Trummy up and besides Juliet. No, <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness, Nick! I'm so excited to say this. So there are three things listed at the top of her bio. One is Stranger Things, obviously. Right. The other two is a movie from 2014 called I Believe in Unicorns. <laughs> and the other one. Is Hannah Montana the movie? <laughs> <laughs> we just dropped a Hannah Montana reference in the middle of your <laughs> We've reached a new low. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. So fans of Hannah Montana the movie, we got they got their character. <laughs> oh. I'm done. I'm done i am I'm I'm done with this character now. There's nothing more I can say about Nancy. I... She's now forever associated with Miley Cyrus. Uh... Alright. Um so I one last character that we I have to talk about and then we'll just we'll bring everybody else up if they come up naturally. Um I guess maybe two. No, there's two more people I gotta talk about. So one was uh the the Dr. Brenner, and the only reason I gotta bring him up is because Matthew Modine, he was I mean, he's the other big name git they got for this thing.
2: Yeah, I'm Did not. You, I'm, he,
0: guys, I'm, I'm not, really, not a fan. of
2: I I don't know his name, but I, I recognize oh. his face from things. But I, I've never Full played.
0: Metal Jacket is what I immediately go to. He was Joker in Full Metal Jacket. Oh no. okay. Every time I look at him
3: in this show, I think he looks like Ted Danson. He does look he, a little bit like Ted Danson. I'll give you that. He's got a similar mm-hmm. chin. Also, their hair has is salt and peppered similarly. Yeah. Also, apparently, he's in uh, he
2: yeah. an upcoming movie called The Hippopotamus, in which. I hope he plays
0: a hippopotamus. <laughs> I hope he does too. Although he has he has a, a name in the credit for the hippopotamus. Well, I mean, so. are you well, maybe the hippopotamus has a name. Have names? I don't. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know that many hippopotamuses. I mean, what would
2: you name
3: one? Is that right, hippopotamuses? Is it hippopotami? Hippopotamuses?
2: Hippopotamus?
3: <laughs> is this spelled with a U.S. or an E.S.? I can't remember off the top of my head. A U.S. Okay, Hippopotami is probably acceptable.
2: Yeah.
3: All hippopotami. right. I really think that ended with
2: Okay. End. Michael Michael Logan the hippopotamus.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so he was also in The Dark Knight Rises but he didn't have a very big part. He was that one cop who didn't want to like be a part of the resistance anymore. And then Gordon convinced him to, and then he put his uniform on, and then he still gets shot at the end. But, you know, he has, like, a wife and young daughter, so it's, like, kind of really sad when he gets shot. And it's, like, that one thing where, like, you couldn't have given me that movie? Seriously, Chris Nolan? You had you had to take that guy and kill him at the end? You couldn't have just let me have that one feel-good moment? <laughs> apparently, Chris Nolan.
2: Apparently he was in Weeds, which was a TV show that I did not like. Oh, that's... Who do you play in Weeds? Sullivan?
0: I don't remember who um, that is. I don't
2: know. It was it was a long time I don't know. ago. Yeah, I,
0: I I quit I quit weeds. I tr- I tried to watch it. It was kind of funny and then and then it just it became less and less clever each and every episode mm-hmm. until finally one day I realized why am I still watching this show? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who this guy was, Sullivan Groh. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember him from Weeds. The only guy I really remember from Weeds, besides if you're just the main character from Weeds, is uh, the guy who played that crooked DEA agent because he keeps showing up in other stuff. I think he was uh, he was a bad guy in Ant Man and he was a bad guy in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So likes playing comic book bad guys. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's he's one of those few crossover characters who has a guy in, <laughs> in both the DC and the Marvel universe. But both of those characters are dead now, so we don't gotta worry about that. All right, so one one last character I just want to talk about. I don't really care about the actor, but we got to talk about the character. Was Mister Clark? Oh, that was because oh, Mister yeah. <laughs> Mister Clark has the patience of Job, yeah. quite frankly. When kid, he, I mean, he's he's on what was clearly a date where they're watching some. <laughs> the I don't thing. even remember Wasn't the it? movie. Wasn't what it was, the it? It was
2: the thing? Yeah, it was the thing.
0: Oh, it was the thing again? So, right. Anyway, so he's watching the thing, and then he basically gets a call for one of his students on a, <laughs> a Saturday night during his date, who says, "Could you explain to me how to build an isolation chamber?" And God bless him. He did. He explained how to do it. He he sat there. He's like, what? What did he say to his his, his girlfriend? Excuse he Sorry. I got. It's one of my Bushy. students from middle school. He wants to build an isolation chamber, and so I need to kind of walk him through the process. And she's like, what? He's like, listen. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question his curiosity. He's learning.
3: <laughs> they're they're really good students.
0: Yeah, they are really good students. I like to try to harbor good feelings of learning. And if that means at some point in time that I have to spend my Saturday night describing isolation booths, that's what I'm doing. Well, I, think, or, I like, think that
2: would make him more endearing to his state, you know?
0: He's he's super caring,
2: super caring, awesome teacher.
0: I mean, he is that, – that is. A, I cannot think of a single teacher I had uh, through my entire life who would be patient enough with me on a Saturday night to – interrupt a date to explain well that to it's me. pretty
3: clear that that this teacher and these kids had a pretty special uh relationship because when they were at it when they were asking him about like alternate realities and stuff and they jump into D terminology and he is right there with them <laughs> yes <laughs> no he clearly plays yes that's what i got uh, out of he, he was also you know really into the ham radio And all of this stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the kind of teacher that you that these kids are probably going to stay. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was uh, like, I I think you see him in uh, there in class at one point, but it wouldn't shock me if this is the kind of teacher that you hang out with and talk with, you know, four or five years after you've actually had a class yeah. with them. Oh sure. Well, well they're, they're gonna be remembering
0: like years from now. Like remember Mr. Clark who gave us all that theoretical information that helped us stop the monster from the other universe? Like that's <laughs> that's hard to that's hard well, to forget. I also
2: kinda feel like he was just a huge nerd and in that time period oh. and area that they were in, he didn't really have any other nerds to hang out with. <laughs> so he's gonna like glom yeah. on to the students that are nerds.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't really see him in hot well we can we can hope that uh maybe maybe in season two we'll find out how that date went. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Maybe we will. I hope we. I hope we see more of of Mister Clark in season two. Because I I I brought him up simply because I like the character. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not even going to look up the actor. It's Randall Haven's in case. His mom's listening. <laughs> but other than that, we're not going to go into what the rest of his career was. So all right. So now we get to talk about the story. I'm just going to give a real brief synopsis, and then we can just go wherever we want. Um. So it's a dark and stormy night, and this kid Will, who we didn't talk about because there I there's a lot to. of him. No. Yeah, I mean he's not a huge character in the show. I'll go I guess he's gonna be a regular in in season two. But anyway, so Noah Schnapp is the the, the young actor's name, if that matters to you. He was in Bridge of Spies in the Peanuts movie, so there. Uh, we we covered him. Done. We are done with Noah Schnapp. So Will disappears, taken by the the Beast of Gorgon thing. I've now coined that term, the Beast of Gorgon, that's copyright me. Um, So everybody else who gets taken by the Demogorgon, like, they're usually already bleeding, and I don't think Will was bleeding, but given that this was the Demogorgon's first night out, uh, I guess he can just do whatever he wants. The the rules don't really apply. He doesn't always come out when people are bleeding. Sometimes he's just, he hears people, and he thinks, well, they're alone, and I can just do what I want. He's a mm-hmm. hunter. But for everyone else that the Demogorgon takes, he seems to take them and then consume them pretty close to right away. How did he lose Will? Yeah, I had no gun. idea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, thought, I thought didn't he uh, leave the gun though?
0: Yeah, the gu- he didn't have the g- bring the gun with him because they they <clears throat> found the gun in the. Uh, did they or did they just find
3: bullets? Yeah, uh, uh, bullets. Hop noticed that the box was open and not full, so hmm. maybe he was able to uh, distract the the Demogorgon and start hiding because it was established that he is very good at hiding.
0: Yeah, I mean it was and. It was very much at the point that he, I was under the impression that he was basically hanging out in his little, the upside down version of his hut there. Well, most he, cle- of the he time. clearly
3: went into the house from time to time.
0: Right, because he was in the house, because whenever you moved around, it would light up stuff, and then he could, he turned on the radio and things like that, and, and called his mom, which is freaky, and was, I mean, I understand that he doesn't know what's going on around him, but it seemed like whenever he did get the chance to communicate with his mom, he was unnecessarily vague. Like, where are you? And then he was just like, here, there you go. I don't need to tell you anything else besides that. I'm right here. <laughs> just do with that what you want to do.
3: <laughs> I'm here. Where are you?
0: Yeah. Uh. Although that was a pretty neat, nifty idea there with the whole alphabet and, and the yeah. letters. Uh, ab-
3: about as good an idea as any. The main, the, the the one thing that strikes me as weird about that is that uh, it. How, how was he able to specify which light to turn on? Because it did not seem like a very localized uh, effect.
0: No, I mean, in fact, because they, they establish when, when they're walking through the mm. house that the light that just happens to be overhead, that they're in no real proximity to, is the one that yeah. lights up. So I'm not entirely certain how specifically that light would work, other than they needed it to move the story forward. That's
3: about it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's
0: here's a question, because this is this is what struck me. So everything that happens in the regular world affects the upside down, because obviously when, when Will built his when Will built his little house thing in the woods, then it there was a house built in the upside mm-hmm. down. So it, very odd world I would imagine for the Beast to be living in, where all of a sudden stuff just keeps happening, and you have there's no one around and nothing's going on and then it just gets covered with black stuff almost mm. right away. But so, I mean, how soon does it affect it? Like is basically everything that happens in the real world being affected the upside down? Like cuz so wouldn't wouldn't you still be able to get hit
3: by cars if that's the case? I don't know. I'm going to file that under the same thing as uh uh is the elevator carrying Mjolnir worthy? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it, this is what I was thinking of, and especially when when in you know, when when Will's mom is putting up the lights and, and painting the the letters and, and snapping everything in place like is Will seeing that real time or or how does he see it because it didn't look to me like when when I saw Hop and and Joyce in the upside down in in Joyce's house it didn't seem to me like they could see all the stuff lighting up or anything mm. like that hmm. so it was, it was it was just very peculiar how Will was communicating using using that alphabet system when it didn't really appear like there was a really good way to see and interact with the system. And and it really made me question just how closely are the two worlds tied to each other and is stuff just like randomly happening? Because if I was the beast roaming around and like people kept doing stuff like that, I would probably get a little angry and start hunting there too.
3: (laughs) Or for that matter, how does the beast smell blood? Do they spill blood in the upside down? And usually he just subsists on blood that happens to drip on the floor but he can't get at the actual creatures and now he knows that there are actual creatures and you can go through and get them.
2: If you wanted to get, get into the physiology of the creature, (laughs) I think you're you're going to run run into some walls. I mean, like if it's, I mean, well, what's the problem with running
3: into some walls? He ran through the wall to get into the school when all the agents got their brains crushed.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean like they do not really show much of like what the, what the upside down is like. I mean, like the only creatures there that we really see are 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 the the beast, right? Like so yeah. what is it I mean what is it eating normally?
0: Yeah, that's a good I question. Mean, are there, the only are there thing we ever see is hunts? the beast.
2: I mean there has to be, right? There has to be like
0: I mean there must it's it's subsisting yeah, on something
2: but like it's the only thing we ever see that that is like a, an animal in the upside yeah. down.
0: In fact they, they fairly well established that it is also the only beast that's in that particular geographical yeah. area. So I mean
2: what is it so, what has it been doing all this time? How long has it been alive? How did it how did it get there? What does it eat? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I feel like they maybe didn't need to explore all of these, but when you have something like the upside down and you send people there, you need to see things. It needs to look like some sort of alien, weird dimension. And when you just get like this very isolated look without anything living there, then you, you start to question, like, all right, so what's the deal with yeah. this beast? Also,
2: also for the for the government people, you know, maybe maybe don't send in people first, you know, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe send in <clears throat> a rover. <laughs> have a look-see with that yeah. first.
3: Just yeah, chuck a camera it, in there, take a few sure. snaps, pull it back, something like that.
2: You
0: know. I mean, anything, honestly. Or they probably would have sent animals in, and that's depressing, so I'm glad they decided not to do that You could this just movie.
2: strap a camcorder to a dog. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs>
2: that'd,
0: that'd be horrifying, yeah. I don't want to see maybe that. They just did and, maybe in there. they
2: did, and we just didn't see that part of it. I,
0: I think maybe at one point they're like, we cannot show that.
3: People are going to be mad. Well... <laughs> yeah. oh. At the we, same we time, this agency, agents, this agency yeah. was perfectly fine with just randomly murdering an American citizen. So mm-hmm. they sure yep. were. Poor Benny.
2: Yeah. Poor Benny. He was
3: a nice yeah. guy too.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, it made me like him, and I liked him. And then they shot him, and there wasn't really a good reason. No. For in fact,
3: him. it was a very bad re- th- th- There was very good reasons to not shoot him.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, because he he just thought it was a runaway yeah. kid. Yeah. You know. They weren't planning to kill everybody who'd seen this yeah, other but... kid. I mean, they clearly weren't planning to kill everyone else who had interacted with Eleven, but for whatever reason, this guy, they thought, best thing to do was to shoot him in the back of the head and create more
3: problems and for us. And set Eleven off to run away and give Hopper more reason to be suspicious about what's going on.
0: Yeah. And and by by shooting him in the back of the head, they tipped her off way ahead of time when they probably could have just grabbed her and then been like, well, thank you. We'll be on our way. And then it wouldn't have been an issue. And then that would have been the end of the series. I get it. But it you know, it it just seemed like that was that was counter to their actual goal. Well, I mean, did they even
2: have a plan on how to capture her, though, because it seems like she could just wreck shit.
0: Yeah, I think her plan was honestly, uh, I think their plan, I should say, their plan was honestly just to to show up and sort of hope that she just came along with them. Yeah, go see Papa. Yeah, I would have imagined like a net or something, yeah. But they had some ideas. They'd seen her just snap a guy's neck because she didn't want to go in Mm -hmm. the box.
3: Yeah, I don't want to, that's one of the kind of funny things. I don't want to hurt a cat. I'll kill this guy instead. (laughs) Well, I mean... I'm fine. I'm fine with that. That guy was. <laughs> yeah, a I mean, he, he should have known better. He was. He was an acting agent in this situation. Yeah, the cat was not. The cat was innocent. Yeah. An yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Poor Benny. So anyway,
0: I don't know exactly how far I got into my synopsis before we went on a tangent. <laughs> not very. Yeah, I think I got to Will disappears. Yes.
3: Will disappears. Is... His mom freaks out, realizes that he's not gone because it wasn't. Didn't she got the first phone call pretty early? Right, and. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so Jonathan's trying to figure stuff out. Uh, let's see the kids uh, when they find 11 and she lets them know that uh, Will isn't dead and they start going off on their adventure. Uh, Hop starts going on his adventure because Joyce reports the kid missing. Then we've mm-hmm. got the teenagers really get started when Barb dies because. You start going into the teenage, you know, coming of age movie where you go to the party where there's (laughs) drinking. (laughs) Oh, no,
0: there's there's drinking, Nick, although they're underage. They totally shouldn't have been drinking.
3: And um, yeah, poor Barb. She, She got brought there to do what she was supposed to do and then got freaking cold shouldered for doing what Nancy asked her there to do, which left her outside for the Demogorgon to munch on it's all yep. Nancy's fault.
2: Yep.
0: It's it basically this entire movie is Nancy's <laughs> fault. This is a TV show, so I have to edit that sentence out, which is a shame, because I thought that was a funny joke. I thought I stuck it, but that's too bad. Well,
1: oh, well. try it again. Yeah. But two. it's all
0: Nancy's fault. So basically, this entire TV show is yes. Nancy's fault. See, there was no laughing that time. Sad.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, that was just that was, that scary. That was the
2: most natural laugh. That, ever heard that in was
0: life. that was that was not a natural laugh. That was that was that was the evil sinister laugh. That was the "ha ha, I'm laughing" because you think you're going to save the day laugh. That was that's not, that's, not the that's evil not, sinister
3: no. laugh. This is an evil sinister
0: laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, easy there, John Lifkow, All right, yeah.
2: Just mine, 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 was, okay. mine was the totally relaxed, totally normal, nothing weird, nothing forced laugh.
3: <laughs> now, okay. I, now my synopsis has been derailed. All right, I don't even. Okay, so, okay, so, I'll, I'll, I'll blast through it here. That so the teens go off yeah, on their going. own adventure, trying to figure stuff out because Jonathan was doing this weird shit. He was looking for Will and managed to get some you know stalkery pictures of the party that was happening outside the house. Uh, events happen, and they figure out that he happened to have caught a picture of. Uh, the Demogorgon, which Nancy also caught a glimpse of when she was walking around outside that house because she was looking for Barb, who pretty much everyone has thought has gone missing or run away or something.
0: Yeah, the, didn't they, the, that secret organization, uh, did they ever establish what organization Not that strictly, was? strictly,
3: but uh, the badge that the lady showed was an NSA badge.
0: Uh. Oh, sticking NSA, <laughs> I tell you. But
3: uh, yeah, after you. all of this, the plot lines start to merge together because the uh, uh, everyone starts realizing what everyone else is doing, and it all comes together as they're trying to get away from the government agency. Um, and they, uh, like Hopper, figures out that the girls out there tries to and brings them in. They realize that the teenagers are trying to hunt the thing too. So they, in the end, uh, uh, Hopper. Joyce and the kids are working together to try to get Will out of the Upside Down and somewhat not a part of that plan. But the teenagers try to hunt, uh, bait out and uh, hurt or kill the Demogorgon by, uh, in part, setting fire to the house.
1: Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, hardcore. They, uh, they, that is hardcore. They,
3: they bought all that stuff that we mentioned earlier. They cut... uh, I hope people don't actually ever do this thinking that this is a good idea, but they slit their palms. Don't do that. Uh, They slit their palms drip some blood to try to draw out the beast, and they have it set up so that they'll run away, try to get the thing stuck in a bear trap, shoot it, beat it with a spiked bat, and set it on fire, which after Steve showed up after he had his moment of clarity, uh, it actually works. They hurt it pretty bad to the point where it had to run away, (laughs) which in turn actually gave uh uh joyce and hopper enough time to find and grab will uh until Mm -hmm. he uh so they grab will come back great the at that point the demogorgon um the agents this gets a lot denser at the end the agents find the kids with 11 hanging out at the school they threaten all the kids. Eleven says enough's enough, and kind of, it, it's not made it fully explicit, but it's pretty obvious that she killed about a dozen people.
0: <laughs> yeah, she. I believe she crushed their brains inside. Yeah, their heads. that's
3: kind of what's implied. Uh, they mm-hmm. all drop. The blood draws out the. Uh, uh, they all drop, but more agents come behind, uh, and uh, uh, Eleven's pretty drained. She collapses. More agents. She needs more waffles. Yeah, waffle, waffles needs. and pudding. Power uh,
2: waffles.
3: <laughs> Maybe she could, she would like some of Homer's moon waffles made out of what was it? <laughs> caramel and liquid smoke wrapped around a stick of butter. <laughs> oh. Jeez, <laughs> mm, butter. <laughs> but uh, let's see. That so the other agents come in, so that didn't really help them very much. But all the blood drew out the Demogorgon. That the agents start fighting. The kids run away. The Demogorgon kills all the agents, possibly even Doctor Brenner. Although that happened off of frame, so we're not exactly sure. Um, I think
2: he's. I think he's back in the second season.
3: I think. Or maybe it's flashbacks. You know, know. bringing yeah, that's flashbacks because uh, there's certainly plenty of room for that. Yes, especially yep. because that's how they reveal a lot of uh, what Eleven went through.
0: That's
3: and, true. Um, so, so here's a here's a thought. As long
0: as we're we're here, and we might as well just derail this this synopsis before you can get to the end. <laughs> uh, when the Demogorgon shows up, I'm, I'm now t- I'm calling <laughs> him the Demogorgon now. Are you happy? When the beast shows up in in the school where they were uh, where the kids were hanging out, and it starts taking out the uh, the federal agents, he didn't seem all that hurt, and his leg seemed fully healed. And Maybe I there just, is more I really than think that than one. So that was my original thought, was this, there had to be more than one, right? Because that one had absolutely... No signs of any damage, and I know they don't just like Wolverine heal because it left a blood trail for Joyce and Hop to follow. But it—I would have thought that like even if it did have a chance to heal, like it went from I'm half dead to time to feed real quick, like real quick, and it just—it just seemed like really forced, as though like they—they they needed to wrap it well, up. Well, maybe that's so... why. Uh,
3: maybe that's why it actually stuck around rather than grabbing one or two people and leaving because it was hurt. Maybe it did re- regenerate something, but that left it completely ravenous. Yeah, you're definitely putting more thought into it. We than We put far too much thought into other elements of this story already, so don't start start complaining about that now.
0: I it's my podcast. I can start nitpicking about anything I want. <laughs> That's that's why I started this in the first place. I don't know why I'm going on right now. Um, but yeah, but so then we get what seems to be a happy ending, though, right? Like you get Will's back, and the the door is still there to the to the upside down. They never really closed that that's all the way, way, but sixty. So eleven disintegrates herself and the beast. Uh, she yeah, she got like some weird like she went Super Saiyan almost at the end there with like this brand new level of power that she didn't have before. Well, I mean this one uh, this
3: one involved her bleeding out of her ears as well as her nose.
0: Yes. Right. I. But she. I mean, she pinned the thing against the back of the wall, and and she was shown in the past to you know be very limited in terms of what she could do. But in, in this particular case, she sort of seemed to have this, this very short stint of limitless power, which she used to disintegrate herself and the it, beast. It sounds and like you're saying I, I mean, that
3: she developed UNLIMITED POWER!
0: It was certainly over 9,000.
3: <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, that was the biggest deus ex of the whole thing, because she was yeah. wiped out, she was barely able to stand, she had to be picked up and carried around, she didn't eat or rest... In between, and then we get her like biggest display of power. Uh, the best thing I can yeah. think is it's just one, mm-hmm. she's had actually more exercise doing this stuff since she broke out, where like doc, uh, uh, Dr. Brenner might have just kept her doing a little thing here, a little thing there, and it's like a muscle where the more you work it, the more you can get out of it. And mm-hmm. um, adrenaline, you mix those two, like, yeah, it, it's probably something like. Her doing that to the Demogorgon was way more than what would be considered safe, um, but she was able to just manage to to put that much effort into it. I mean, that, that's the only way you can explain something like that, because it was threatening sure. her friends who took care
2: of her. Or it was the dumbass power of friendship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you! I was going to go there. <laughs> nice work. Nice work. I was really about to drop a power of friendship reference. <laughs> Oh right, nicely played, sixty. Nicely played. All right, yeah. I'm the no, real no, no, answer it's, though it's is the, they it was they the told the writers rocket. they had it was the two wrist
3: rocket. That was the difference maker.
0: <laughs> it, it 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 softened them up. But yeah, the, the the real reason though, as we all know, is that they told the writers you have two pages to close out the scene, and that's what they did. <laughs> As I mean, so you get this like seemingly happy ending. I mean, even though they're kind of sad that Eleven is gone, uh, it didn't it didn't seem to stop them from still like playing their 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 Dungeons & Dragons games. Like they didn't seem too broken up about it for what was what three months later. Is I that think it was supposed
3: we... to be done I... in November, so that would be like a month, a month and a half.
0: Mm. Yeah, because they they definitely you established too. that in the, in the final uh, epilogue. It was yeah. Christmas, and by the way, did you see Steve's sweater? <laughs> like seriously. That was a bit much. That was yeah. that was an unironically bad sweater. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I don't know. Uh, sorry, I just that was an awful sweater. But you, yeah, you get like I mean, so Steve and 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 Nancy are still together, and they're all buddies with Jonathan now, and he finally replaces his camera. Which I mean, it it, it kind of it, it seems like a nice, heartwarming thing. But then you think like it took you a month to replace that guy's camera after you. Well, broke he is it?
3: a teenager. It might have taken him that much time to save up the money.
0: But I got the impression his parents were loaded. Did you see their hmm. house? Now, granted, I don't, off the top of my head, know what property values are like in Indiana. I, I know nor a lot what of what they things. were in
3: 1983, nor do we know yeah. how much that particular camera cost in 1983.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and nor was I going to do any of the legwork necessary to look up any of that stuff. Maybe Steve say. needed
3: to maintain car payments. Yeah maybe
0: anyway he got the camera back they're all buddies will's with his family and and everything seems really nice until will all of a sudden coughs up like a a little baby beast which then slithers down into the sink so i'm like all right well that's gonna be a thing later and then he zaps himself to the upside down zaps himself back and just thinks to himself i probably shouldn't tell anybody about this (laughs) (laughs) that was clearly nothing of concern
2: (laughs) does not seem important
0: goes back and has his christmas dinner. I mean, I kudos for not wanting to spoil the holiday for anybody. Like I get that. I do, but uh that's, that's one of those things you might want to get checked out. <laughs> you should see a doctor. Yeah. And then all we know about hop is like he's he gets picked up by by these agents at some point and then he's off in the woods somewhere and he's leaving eggo waffles for for 11 and cookies. And, repre- and cookies, yeah. We're probably going to have to talk about the Ego waffles. How much do you think Ego paid for that product placement? Because that was significant product <laughs> placement. Her Pop Vinyl figure has Ego waffles in it. I mean, that, that is... Maybe,
3: what what makes them maybe, think maybe of that? Maybe enough to pay for the botched van flip.
0: <laughs> oh, the
3: van yeah, flip. Yeah, the van flip. Uh, apparently, the first time they tried it, uh, one of the uh, explosives didn't go off, and it slid into a camera, destroying the camera and the lens.
2: Oh, my God.
3: Well, I mean at least it didn't slide into a person. I suppose no, that, that would have been, been worse. Very bad.
0: Yeah, that's uh you don't want to screw that that was that was kind of the weird reverse E. T. moment for me yeah. there where you know, because you definitely had the kids on the bikes escaping federal agents. And I'm like, yeah, this is ET now. We have just gone full mm-hmm. ET. And so once they get closed in, I'm like, all right, so how are we going to solve it? Are we going to fly? Or are we like, no, we're just going to take the one set of FBI agents and throw them in the other. I said FBI. I don't know. I I, I don't the, think the they were super NSA. They were not conspicuous.
3: Like six electronic repair vans that are speeding down the suburbs. <laughs> they yeah. were. Uh,
2: they were the men in black.
3: Yeah. They were well. More or less. And I, I, gotta, and I gotta say, every time I see that van flip, I, I say out loud, red means stop. From Hellboy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I
0: like that flip better in Hellboy. <laughs> it, I and, mean, if, if you phys- think
3: about it. In terms of physics, it actually makes less sense in Hellboy. <laughs> I know, but I get Ron Perlman when he does
0: if, it in Hellboy. Uh, yeah. if, if, if Ron Perlman had been 11 in this, I think it could have been improved. <laughs> Just think about that. That's my that's my my dream cast. There is we could have
3: Ron Perlman. You don't want as Ron 11. Perlman to play the Beast. I mean, he's played the Beast before. He
0: has played the Beast before. I don't want to typecast him. He's eleven. Oh, that show was awful. <laughs> Speaking of, just got me thinking about that stupid, awful Beauty and the Beast show. That was a terrible show. All right, you know what I' we, we've we've been on this for quite a while now. I think it's safe to say that we have covered stranger things to the maximum extent that I Fair I enough. want to and and unless this is your one chance for go backs. anything else that anybody wants to talk about with stranger nope. things crickets All right yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that uh, that non-response <laughs> to be nope. And we're going to move on. So now is the time on Hero Talk where we talk about what our favorite parts of the series were. And Nick, since you're the ret- returning guest, I'm uh, going to start with you. What was your favorite part of stream hmm. of Things?
3: I think I am actually going to have to go with um, the van flip, that whole chase <laughs> sequence. Because, yeah. And not just because it was a cool effect and done well. But um, it's that whole chase, the whole thing was so, you know, kids imagining their own adventures uh, from from Lucas just going out and exploring that area on his own to seeing what's going on and coming back. And, you know, you have the cool walkie talkie set up and you're coming up with other other stuff and you're just racing your bikes down the street. You know, it it's. So made me think of of childhood and youth, and the van flip okay, was then. just the cherry on top of the whole thing. You know, it was great. <laughs> now, I mean, at okay, the same time, so... they, they they could have just driven around that flipped van, but you know, no, they couldn't. <laughs> it was in the road. They would have had to go on the sidewalk.
0: <laughs> That's illegal. <laughs> Can't just go on the sidewalk. That's for pedestrians. You have to stay on the road. That's the rules of the road. You can't expect a federal government agency to just willy-nilly ignore the laws that are inconvenient you, like, for it.
3: Like, don't murder? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. Like, don't shoot people in the back of the head, and don't experiment on children. <laughs> Stuff yeah. like that. All right. Uh, Sixty, what was your favorite part of Strange uh,
2: My favorite part was the introduction of the Demogorgon creature, beast, whatever you want to call it. Um,
0: sure. When you say introduction, I what, meant, would like, you mean like the, the first time we yeah, see it? Yeah, the first it, or... time
2: we see it like in the um, on the first episode where he's he's okay. riding home and then it's kind of looks up and it's there, you know. And you only get like the briefest mm-hmm. glimpse of it and then you have the whole tense scene of him getting back to his house and all of that. I thought all of that was done really well and, and that's what really drew me into the show to begin with. Because I really, yeah. liked, the, I really I, liked, I really liked the say, yeah. and I really thought it was, it, it was spooky for me. That kind of situation would be like terrifying if I and I would like put myself into it, you know. Um, so that that was my favorite part. I really enjoyed that part of it.
0: Yeah, that that got a, I got a very heavy John Carpenter sense yeah. from that opening scene yeah. right there.
2: Yeah, I really liked that.
0: Yeah, it was it was it was well done and I would say as somebody who does like John Carpenter's directing I I was appreciative of of it and I I think I liked the beast better when it was just this strange faceless yes. man thing yeah. before they actually decided they should have never shown the beast yeah, they should have just
2: they should never have done it.
0: It should have just been in the shadows but you should have never actually because as soon as you saw it it was painfully CGI. Yeah, and I mean
2: and like, it, was, it was no longer it was scary. Kind of goofy looking too. Like even like it, bad CGI aside it was. I didn't like the design so much. I kind of liked it more when it was just you didn't really know what it was. It was like this creepy kind of humanoid thing in the
3: mist. Right.
2: You know, I I prefer that exactly. Yeah.
3: Kind of the same way and that I no one could to... accurately describe it. It's like, it looked like a man with no face.
2: Yeah, you kind of get you kind of right. get an so, vibe yeah. from it a bit.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And
2: that that was what was was the scarier part of it. But once you actually saw it more, it wasn't. You know, it just wasn't scary looking at that
3: point. And I I think that you could have even done pretty much any time you saw it clearly. It could have, you could have hit it under like strobing lights to make you could get glimpses, but it would always be like you can't see it clearly enough or continuously enough.
2: You know, do an alien thing where it's never you never really see the whole thing and it's in the dark. You know. For
0: the, yeah, I mean, I was even thinking like
3: an Evil Dead, where like you just you don't get sure, to see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's always behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. You, you want you want Sam you never to see it. Stranger it's, Things. Yeah,
0: it's it's all it's all. I mean, it was like the one horror actor they didn't give an homage to.
3: <laughs> was, well, they had yeah, they, they the director. Well, they had the Evil yeah. Dead poster up. Yeah, who had the Evil Dead? Jonathan poster? had the Evil Dead Wilson? poster up, and that's when oh
0: Jonathan, all right, so they did. So yeah. Well, with that, I guess it's time for my favorite scene. Uh, I I think my favorite scene was just basically any time I got to see Hop punch people. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Anytime Hop just decided, like, yeah, I'm just going to start hitting you now. And it just, I, I liked it. it. It was very cathartic for me just to see Hop punch people. Because in all these movies, you're always sort of missing the one guy who's like, I don't want any of this just... I'm tell me what I want to know. Or I'm going to hit you, and they would say no, and then he'd hit them. He'd be like, wow, I'm I'm so glad it worked out for him that way because very typically the sort of the the rural police chief in these movies typically doesn't even get to live to the end, much less end up like vaulting this into some kind of weird secret government job. So kudos to Hop, and uh, yeah, him punching
3: stuff was my also, favorite part of this. Also, one thing that I that I did want to bring up that I that I just remembered is speaking of Hop, the the other cops with him. I get a really strong uh, Eddie what was it? Yeah, Eddie and Lou uh, vibe. The the other cops with cheap oh, yeah, from yeah. the Simpsons
2: because they're yeah. both idiots. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I um and I don't know exactly why this is and maybe it's because I've been seeing commercials for the the Power Rangers movie, but I got like a Balkan skull <laughs> feel almost the bumbling way from them like isn't it like one of those seasons they were trying to be cops or something? I don't know. I'm trying to remember way yeah. back.
3: I think I think but. they did that, but I've I never really watched much Power Rangers.
0: It's uh, it is probably not worth going back to watch at this point.
3: Although there's going to be a movie, so yeah. I guess there's that. I'm Sure, I'm sure right. they're going to well, tab Jason David Frank for that again.
0: Jason David Frank will do anything for a paycheck. <laughs> I'm convinced of it. He does fan videos. You know, like,
3: <laughs> that's he's... true. That's true. <laughs>
0: Was it uh, he's been on beat superpower beatdown. Beat yeah. yeah. Twice. Twice once as the White Ranger and once again as the Jeez. Green Ranger. Yeah. So he's done he's done it twice. And, so. and yet I
3: don't think he was even involved in the uh the White Ranger death battle.
0: Nope, no, he was not. They they should have asked. I'm sure he would have done it.
3: Let me grab my microphone. Yeah, I'll just record a few lines after you send me five bucks.
0: Yeah. Oh well the man's yeah. gotta eat. Okay. Somehow we're talking about Jason David Frank. So, <laughs> I think it, I think it's just time that we give Stranger Things a score. And uh, Nick, once again, we're gonna start with you. What would you score? Stranger Nineteen eighty four. I think that's fair. All right. There, there's no there's no real expounding on that. We just have to go to you now, Sixty. What would you score, Stranger <laughs> uh, pickle. Things?
2: pickle. Yeah.
0: Pickle. Certainly works. You have you have adopted the irrelevancy of the the review score <laughs> of of hero talk with the greatest yeah. of these. Um, I would give Stranger Things ego <laughs> waffles. And I put some thought into this because <laughs> Ego waffles are like a really bad version of something good. And that's kinda of what Stranger Things was to me. It's like I wanted a big old Belgian waffle, and Stranger Things gave me and especially once I saw the beast and how bad CGI was, it's like, oh, so I wanted a Belgian waffle and you gave me an ego waffle.
3: <laughs> yeah, but, the, so but, but, but I, I didn't technically get what pack. I wanted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay, so but Technically I got what I wanted and you gave it to me in a pack which but it's it's still an eggo waffle which is still just decidedly less good than what I was really Okay, looking here's for another question for you.
3: Was it plain eggo waffles, sure. was it strawberry eggo waffles or blueberry eggo waffles? Any of the fancy stuff?
0: Plain. Plain eggo okay. waffles. I don't think they had any of those fancy ones back the in. The plain ones 80s. are the best ones. I don't know. I and I, I'm saying this knowing full well that upstairs in my freezer there is a box of eggo waffles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Eleven does not wait to chow into those egg Eleven just, I mean, basically, as soon as they're soft enough to bite into, she is just devouring them. Yep. Um, well, I mean, that's it, gross. When, when she
3: stole them from the store, she didn't exactly have a toaster available anyway, so. Yeah. Do you think she could toast them with her psychokinetic maybe. ability? Uh, maybe. She, could, there you she, go. Could, that's she something. could
2: probably start a fire, you know. You don't, you, she doesn't even need yeah. her powers for that, just basic, you know, wilderness but, survival But can skills. she do that? Probably not.
0: I don't, is, is she pyrokinetic? I don't Because I only got the that she was telekinetic or psychokinetic, but
3: she didn't. Well, in terms of I, physics, if you just, uh, like, done. hold them up and move them around a lot, they'll get warm.
2: Yeah.
0: I suppose. So maybe if she, like, vibrated uh, at <laughs> the molecular level. We're going, we're going the, flash what, levels here. What are we here. talking about? What are we doing? What is... Okay. So, anyway. So that's it. Those were our review scores. And if you're wondering why they make no sense, that's because review scores are dumb and they don't matter and presumably by the time you've gotten to this point in the podcast, you already know what we think, so it doesn't really matter what number we assign to it. And also, this is a spoiler podcast. If you haven't even seen the show yet, honestly, I'm not entirely certain why you listen to this. <laughs> that's, I mean, listen, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but that's just weird. All right, moving on. Now is the time. Wow, we at wow.
3: <laughs> Now you've realized this what is- time it is. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I cannot believe we've gone this long. I'm, I thought this was gonna be uh, uh, I'm done, I'm out. I don't want to talk about it. And yet here we are. Uh, so now is the time on Hero Talk for final thoughts, where I give my panel one last chance to get anything they want off their chest before we close it up for the night. Uh, and so, sixty, mm. as the uh, this is your first time on Hero Talk, I'll start with you. What are your final wow, thoughts?
2: I'll pickles.
0: <laughs> All right, brought it back. <laughs> Appreciate it. Right, Nick, i just
3: found thoughts. a uh a thing on youtube on the channel nerdist uh, called because science it's pretty fun uh the guy goes into and it kind of explores uh scientific uh and physics math behind a bunch of stuff like the physics of the flash and his infinite mass punch or uh the amount of data actually involved to transfer someone with a star trek transporter and uh, can Wolverine's claws cut Superman and stuff like that? It's fun. It's cool. It's got a pretty can, good. Can, can Wolverine's claws cut Superman? Uh, it I depends on how sharp they were. <laughs> but if if you t- huh. basically if you can presume that his claws are as sharp as obsidian, an obsidian blade, and they uh, retain their edge and they are indestructible, as adamantium is described, then yes. Because they can pass in between cells, and uh, that is so sharp that it would be able to slice a strand of DNA down the middle. It would split the helix. But that would depend on how I'm going to go with no. I don't think he would. (laughs) The the whole thing would depend on exactly how sharp they are.
0: (laughs) Ah, because he's Superman. And Superman gets special plot armor that nobody else gets... So I'm gonna go yeah. with Superman. Superman again. I don't know what we're talking about. This is I have lost total and utter control of this episode more than once. So I don't know why we're surprised at this point. <laughs> so my my final thoughts. Uh, so I listen to a, a lot of different podcasts and I've given a couple shout-outs, but two specifically actually did Stranger Things episodes before before I did, and they have been sitting on my phone ready to play because I refused to listen until after we recorded so that I didn't accidentally try to bring up their points and and and, and rehash on on what I just heard them say. So this is just two quick shout-outs to the Anomaly podcast and Girl Tribe Gaming. I am going to listen to your Stranger Things podcast probably tomorrow at work because I finally got this one out of the way. So kudos to you for getting there first, and we'll see how close we were. That should be interesting. All right, and now that is it. We are are mercifully now done with Stranger Things, and I feel like I can move on and watch Luke Cage (laughs) now. So uh, I want to say thanks, Nick, for coming back. And special thank you for 60. Uh, always good to have new blood on the podcast. Uh, you fit in great. You did a great job. Uh, you're more than welcome to come back okay. anytime. You, know, you could be a little more excited. It was, it was a Yay. good podcast. I'm just saying. Yay. There we go. Woo! There. That's okay. Tone it down. It's, <laughs> it's just a little podcast. All right, that was Stranger Things. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to hear any more content uh, for podcasts, Let's Plays, reviews, you can check out Enthusiax.com, including uh, every other week, Nick has an article behind the line and a podcast, Behind the Line Radio. If you want to check us out on social media, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, just search for enthusiacs And until next time, this is Judge Greg saying, we're going back to plan A, we're telling your mom. Yeah, sixty disintegrates herself. It was eleven. Yeah, because you're sixty. Because it's numbers, yes. you see, and it messes yes. with my head.
3: I, I have almost stumbled into that about four or five times already. All
0: right, <laughs> we're just gonna go ahead and start that over again. And 60 sixty didn't even heat him up, right? She just kind of like waited for them to thaw and just chowed down. was out. eleven. I was eleven. I did it again. <laughs> Son of a gun.
2: Okay, but to be fair, Eleven and I have that in common. I just I just eat them. I just eat them. Oh, I don't know why I
0: keep screwing that up. <laughs> I don't know. Oh,
3: boy. We probably should have foreseen that possibility as we were trying to find this out. You
0: wouldn't think. On, on the surface, it doesn't seem like that'd be something you'd screw up all the time. Got, Whoa. So, got so quiet Whoa. there for a second, yeah. I
2: don't
0: I, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll make that sound better in post
2: <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Fix it in post.
0: Fix it in post. That is, that is where ninety percent of the magic of hero talk is done. <laughs> oh man, we might, we might actually get a blooper reel out of this episode. Yeah. This is, if you just take all the times I've said sixty instead of eleven, you've got half the <laughs> reel right there. Oh boy, and and there it is. And until next time, this is Judge Greg saying. And I didn't think of a quote here, so I gotta go look one up. This, this is usually a lot
3: <laughs> <blooper> real.
0: <laughs> this is usually a lot smoother. Sixty. I usually got one ready, but I forgot. Roll the hit. I, I don't even know what that means.
2: <laughs> I I think you could suss it out from.
0: <laughs> I'm 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 sure.
2: Give
0: it... Rolling twenty is a good Use thing. I know that.
3: Context clues. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I yell that at my phone every time Autocorrect does something stupid.